here with Rachel Jackson. Rachel, welcome to the Ward family. And Rachel, where were you born? Where did you grow up? I was actually born in Anchorage, Alaska. My dad worked for Exxon. He was there for a couple years, and my brother and I were born while he was working up there. I don't remember at all. We moved when I was like two years old. We moved around a lot until I was in kindergarten, like first grade, and then first to fourth, I grew up in Southern California. Right before I started fifth grade, we moved to a really small town in Southern Utah called Lavergan. And my parents settled down there, still live in the same home. So all of the rest of my growing up years were in that tiny little town. And what was it like growing up in this little town? Did you know everyone else? And was that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> or a little it's bit an of incredibly supportive town. I think it takes a minute like any move does to like find your place there. But the people are incredible. I still feel the most at home in the mountains. I grew up around right by Zion National Park. Mountains always make me feel at home, but it was a really great place to grow up. So I still, my heart loves wide open spaces. Like I think transitioning to a spot where people can see into your windows so much, but I loved growing up there. It was a really good place to grow up. And just for people's perspective, what kind of population ballpark uh, are we talking about? Are we like talking my, like single thousands, you know, yeah, tens there's of like, thousands? When I was growing up, there was one stoplight. <laughs> my graduating class had like a hundred kids. So as a whole in my high school, there was only 10th, 11th, 12th, 9th was in the middle. So there was probably 300 kids in my high school. But that was for like the whole, like, people don't know these tiny towns, hurricanes, Hookerville, clear up design. So there was like a pretty good district boundary there. But we laugh now because a lot of the roads still weren't paved. There was like a farming town. It was like, but the people have the heart of gold. It's like those kind of people, they're generational. Like my family lived here, my grandparents lived here. And a lot of the families in our ward were generational and like all of their family was there. So there is just something people loved about that area that's small, really small. And as a kid, what were you like or what did you enjoy doing? I think as an elementary child, I was very shy. Like I was really myself at home, but at school, I was a really, really shy girl. But I came into my own in high school. I, that was great about a small town too, is you could try a lot of things. My main sport was soccer. I played soccer all through junior high and high school and I loved that. My family was were really close with seven kids and my parents had seven kids in seven years. So like right now our ages are, let's see, my oldest brother is gonna be, so it's 44, 43, 42, 41, 40, 39, 38. So I'm right in the middle. I have three older, three younger. So when my little sister was in kindergarten and my oldest brother was in sixth grade, we had a child in every single grade. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. So my maiden name is Beecher. And so we just, they would call us, they would call the teachers a Beecher teacher because you'd get a new Beecher every year. So I sort of just had a play day every day at my house. So that was kind of like my really, really good friends were my siblings. So that's kind of like my childhood. There's still some of my best friends to this day are my siblings. We're really, really tight. I have a really supportive family. Were you a member of the church at this point? Did you grow up in the church or did that come later? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I grew up in the church. And so a really small percentage of the kids at my high school that weren't members of the church. So I, I've always been a believer. I've always had a testimony. Were you just naturally that way? Or were there certain experiences that you had as a child that you think helped contribute to that? I thought about this and I really didn't have anything, I think, in my formative years. But then as soon as I left for college, my freshman year, I went to BYU. So even then, the vast majority of kids are going to church and everything. There's just something about the routine because my whole community went to church. My main, the, most, the majority of my high school went to church. 
and my family all went to, like my immediate family all went to church. And so then I, when I went to high school and I, I mean college and I got that independence, I didn't have to go to church. Like nobody was making me, I didn't have to go to my religion class. So there was something where I really had to decide, is this something I want to do? Like, is this how I want to live my life? Is this something that I'm going to have be a part of my routine? Or, And that's kind of when I really like asked those questions for the first time is, do I have a testimony of my own? Am I going to go because everyone's going or because I want to go? I would say I developed a much stronger testimony of this is what I'm choosing to do my freshman year. So I, I think I really found my testimony not till college. I just didn't take it for granted. I wasn't just doing it because everybody was doing it. And so you mentioned that you went to BYU. I did. What did you major in at BYU? I majored in finance, and okay. I loved my time at BYU. BYU was uh, one of my favorite seasons of life. I know it's not for everybody. I loved going to BYU. And why did you choose to go there? Was it just because it's it was the only the... school I applied to? Okay. It's the only school I ever wanted to go to. Both of my parents had gone there, and even in my grad, even though there's like a hundred kids, there was me. And two other, there's like three kids that went, and one went on his mission. So there's really just me and one other girl named Mary who I was really good friends with. So it wasn't like it was the thing to do, but I'd always just wanted to go there. And so when I applied, that's probably not a great decision, but yeah, that's the only school I applied to. It's always where I wanted to go. And what is it that caused you to study finance out of all the things that you could have made? I know, right? So I'd always loved math. I took one business class and like one accounting class in high school. My dad was an accountant, so I was familiar with that. And I tried a couple other classes out. The other major I really thought I'd do was it called? It's like therapeutic recreational magic, working with special needs kids, which I think was a little maybe like previews of things to come. But out of all of the classes I took, I loved when I took the prereqs. I really connected with the classes. I liked the major. And so I felt like it was a good path. Like I really, I legitimately loved those classes. And what was it like going from this smaller town that you grew up in to Provo and then and BYU? Was that an easy transition for you? I know you mentioned that all of a sudden you kind of needed to make a bunch of decisions yeah. for yourself that maybe you were kind of more on autopilot or default mode yeah. before, but what was the transition to college like for you? It was definitely a transition in the sense, I remember I took a GE, there's a big kind of auditorium in the JSB, one of the buildings on campus, and there was like hundreds of kids, more than my entire graduating class in one class, and there was like, it was blowing my mind. So it was definitely a moment of transition where I was doing a lot of things I had never done before for the first time, just one after the the freshman year was a big adjustment and the challenge of the academics and the rigor of keeping up with things. I definitely probably struggled in some areas in, in that way my freshman year. For me, it was such a great fit. Finding out who myself, coming into myself as an adult, it was a really safe space for me to do that. So I felt like I met good friends, I had good roommates. I really enjoyed the process. You mentioned earlier that you're a naturally shy person, <laughs> so or at least at, at school, maybe yes. maybe at home. It's when you get to know me, I'm stuff. much more comfortable, but at first yeah. I'm pretty shy and reserved. So I'm curious, when you think about, you're now in our young women's yeah. kind of organization, but so when you were a young woman, and then also when you first arrived at BYU, how was that like for you in terms of making friends or making kind of <laughs> connections? Do you feel yeah. like that was a kind of a hard process for you or were you able to maybe make one or two friends and then that yeah. built upon itself or how did what did that look like for you I was really blessed it was my sophomore year I would say especially I was friendly with people my freshman year but I got really really tight with my friends my sophomore year 
and it was really through my job that I met people and who I started hanging out with. I didn't have a hard time making friends. I just had a, it just took probably me more time. But the adjustment as a whole, I remember I moved up the summer before classes started to work because I didn't, I needed, to, I paid my own way through school. That ended up being a great thing for me, but I needed to earn money to pay my own way through school. I would definitely <laughs> fall apart a little bit while I adjusted to figuring everything out. But I've been really blessed in that department where I've always, found friends i actually like i found like good friends is even as shy and reserved as i am i've been really blessed in that area for good people to come in my path i think that's the way god has actually continually shown his love for me is people coming into my path that are just my people my circle like my village so i've always been blessed in that way and at what point did terry enter the picture did he enter the picture (laughs) in college or did that come much later we met at byu my sister worked as the secretary in the math lab and terry was a tutor there and so i would visit my sister like and do my homework and stuff right there we did not hit it off at all in the beginning our personalities are different whereas like he is a really confident Uh, I would say a stronger, intenser personality. And so we were probably friendly with each other for like a year because he's an accounting major, I'm a finance major. I would see him on campus around classes. I'd see him regularly when I'd go there. Like he was always really smart, did incredible at school. I knew he was amazing at academics. But then his sister got married the same weekend a really good friend of mine did down in Southern California. And we saw each other at the airport and we were on the same flight back home. And then he needed a ride back from Salt Lake to campus. And then that's kind of really when he asked for my phone number and we went out on a date. And when I went out on my first date with him, I hung out with his people and his inner circle. He's really been blessed with friends too, I would say. He met a really core group of friends his freshman year that to this day, he's a really loyal friend. And this circle that he met freshman year, they just have each other's back and he was himself. And I didn't see intense academic Terry. I didn't see strong personality Terry. I saw T. And he was fun and we got a lot more in common than I thought and I was so surprised and so we started hanging out more in that light and yeah we're actually a a good match so that's sort of a what a haters to lovers kind of a story (laughs) so yeah and were you the same year or was he kind of ahead or behind you two years ahead of me so then and he was getting his master's but the Mac program at BYU is integrated so you can get your master's quicker So then I met him my junior year. So we got married in the fall of my senior year. And then he only had, I think, one more semester in his master's left. What happened after After you? Yeah, after that. Okay, so then our first year of marriage is kind of crazy because we got married in September. And then we were on campus. That was his last semester of classes. And then he had an internship here in San Jose with PwC for a VC tax internship. And we went to like a recruiting event. And I met the recruiter for the same office. I hadn't ever thought about accounting as my job, but she invited me to come out to interview for the same internship. And I ended up getting the same offer, so we ended up, so the first semester in Provo, T finishes school, then we came out here and we both did VC tax internships at PwC San Jose office. And then I had one semester left, so we went back to Provo for the summer so I could finish up my degree. And then we moved back here, (laughs) and then we both worked for PwC San Jose, but he did tax and I ended up wanting to try audit. And we always used to crack this joke of like, don't we sound exciting? A tax accountant and an auditor get to know us. <laughs> so that's sort of how our paths crossed. And that was what was so fun to discover is like, where we thought we were so opposite in the beginning, how much we had in common, how much we were interested in similar things and were pretty like well suited for each other. So our first year was kind of crazy. And then we moved here and we loved it so much. 
and we lived here down so we lived in Campbell we both immediately did not like PwC but it was a great job like a really really good first job meaning though like T thought he would do tax law and then he ended up doing he knew immediately that that wasn't going to be a good fit and I mm-hmm. being a, a, I would think a softer personality just the bigger firm the really intense hours it wasn't something that was a good fit for me we both switched jobs there's a really small VC up in Danville and I got a job. One of my managers from my the internship I had done with the VC tax group had left PwC to go work there. When I told him that I was interested in a new position, he told me to come interview for just the position they had. A job was a really good fit for me, and I just thrived, I think, professionally and like really enjoyed working. So that job was a, a real, even though I had an hour commute each way, but we didn't have kids yet. And so commute didn't bother me, but I loved that job. And then he decided to go back to get his MBA, and that took us to Philadelphia. Yeah. And what were those early marriage years like? I mean, it sounds like you both had really Busy intense jobs, jobs yeah. and things like that. They were so fun. Um, but yeah, but were you able to still... <laughs> he kids? worked a lot, and I think he always... Especially once we, we both left PwC, that was a really actually well-suited job for T. The intensity of it, he does really well with a lot going on, new projects all the time. T thrives in that kind of environment. So it was just me, like, and that's when I, like, I took a quilting class, and I'd like to try other things where I had, I transitioned to more of a traditional hour job. We had a blast. We talk about those years, and we had so much fun. So those years were actually really, really fun. We loved, and we loved our ward down in Campbell. So we had a great ward, a good group of friends, and we were both loving what we were doing professionally. Is there a favorite memory or two from that time period? She always wanted to learn how to ice skate. (laughs) So... We were horrible at it. But I remember we were trying to even then find the balance of his hours that were always going to be more intense. So we learned to set intentional time aside. There was an evening adult ice skating class that we took together that was hilarious. And we just, that's why I said, we genuinely have a good time together. Like we're willing to try new things together. And so we took this adult (laughs) beginner's ice skating class and had a great time. So that was a really fun memory. After a few years, Terry goes back to Mm -hmm. get his MBA. So you end up in Philadelphia. So were you now working? Did you change jobs to something in Philadelphia? They let me telecommute. And at this time I was pregnant with our first. So I got pregnant with our first. And that wasn't really a thing too at that time. But then we were discovering too, so they were, I was able to work through the pregnancy till I had Maggie. We were just there for the two years for Philadelphia, and then when we moved to Florida, I was more project-based. And then I discovered too, like I got pregnant with Emma with our second, and I didn't love the projects as, mu- as much as I loved the, what my responsibilities were on a daily basis. And it was a good time for me to transition, and our life was changing in other ways. That was a natural time for me to transition to full-time with the kids. So that kind of happened gradually where I worked full-time and then I was able to keep telecommuting for most of my time in Philly and then I transitioned to full-time with the girls when we were moved to Florida. We were talking earlier about the transition of going off to college. We think about the transition from no kids to kids and then I guess more than one kid (laughs) after that. (laughs) What was that transition to becoming a mom like? I always say that zero to one is the hardest, hands down. And I know other people say this, and I know it's different for each people, but that transition was really, really hard. Hopefully T's not mad that I'm being honest about that. We didn't know that we had a special needs child, and so we didn't have anything to compare that to. She doesn't diagnose till two, so that was just a lot to be handed for the first time, and I will admit that we struggled. We struggled a lot that first year, and it just took us a minute to find our way, and we figured it out, 
But um, it took us a minute to figure that out. But then after that, Emma was an absolute joy. And Maggie was a super fun baby too. But I was more confident as a mother, the second one. I wasn't trying to figure out everything for the first time. So it wasn't number two and number three were much easier transitions because you were in, I was in that mode and I knew how to change a diaper. I didn't, we knew nothing about babies because especially T was the youngest by six years and I had grown up in this, we were all the same age. We took classes together at the hospital. They do not prepare you for what is coming. So yes, that I would say that was an intense time in our lives, a really an intense time. I remember when Jonathan was born, Amy and I got home from the hospital and, and she had done a lot of babysitting and yeah. whatever, but we kind of brought him into our living room at this townhouse that we were living in. We just kind of both looked at each other and was like, now what? Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. And then you just figure it out. And then you, know, you figure it so, out. And then figure it out, yes. You mentioned that it was hard initially, yeah. you know, those first couple of years. And as you went through that process, do you feel like your relationship with Heavenly Parents, with Jesus Christ changed or maybe your your faith was either challenged in some ways or strengthened in others that's probably more gradual for me if i'm being like super honest when mags got diagnosed that first chapter of it was so hard and so there was a lot of prayer and just but i probably got a little flipping i was like i got resentful and bitter so it was maybe a down season for me if I'm being honest about what that was like and then until we found out later so our child cannot speak and so when the letter board came and she could speak that was really a season of hope and after going at least a decade of having no way to communicate with your child and it just being hard the hard let up but in that season it was it was just to be honest like I never questioned my testimony but a season of, I think, maybe communicating closely to my Heavenly Father, that was maybe a down season for me, where I didn't ever want to step away, but it was hard for me to stay in. And it was hard for me to keep that relationship going, I would say. But then, yeah, but then when that happened, there was so much gratitude. And that was like literally a hinge point in my relationship with my Heavenly Father, where it hasn't been the same since then, where it's been incredibly strong. And I'm able to talk to him more, have more faith in the whys of the heart and just a different perspective of, and that's not, it doesn't feel as heavy. It doesn't feel as hard where I think I only focused on the heart. I'm able to see the bigger picture better, but I probably went through a down moment. <laughs> and during that kind of down period, were there certain people in your life? I mean, you said earlier that you've been really blessed with having certain friends or certain people maybe come into your life. Were there certain other relationships that you had yes. that were really helpful so and yeah yes. that, like, during that period um just amazing so we've moved so much and every move has been unplanned and cities we never met to go i think probably most people can say when you look back you see so many reasons for why things happened but when we moved from philadelphia to florida maggie we were just starting early intervention i still didn't even know that like i thought she just had speech delays i had no idea that more was going on i was about to deliver emma and then we started early intervention and there was this wonderful like grandma age woman named Barb and she on our very first session came into her home and was like, have you met with a neurologist yet? And I was like, did I need to do that? And she was like, yeah, we need to make that appointment today. And I was like, oh, and I just thought that was also part of the process. And then every time she'd come by and I hadn't made the appointment, she was just like, we need to do that. And so she immediately knew she'd been doing this for a long time and we called her just, she was like our captain, like our team captain. She was everything. 
So there's just these beautiful people and all of the people in place and the people that in our ward that we served callings with. There was just I mean, each chapter when we went then we because then we went to Boston for four years and Chicago for four years. There's just incredible friends, especially on Maggie's team. There are people that just love Maggie and just like walk the path with me, like really take care of my family with me. And I felt incredible. Like people that just do the hard with you. So we've been really, really blessed in every season to have people really care about us. You were mentioning that compared to that period of yes. your life, you know, a much more hopeful yeah. period. So as you look forward in time, what do you think the future holds maybe I'm so for you? Excited. Or, or I guess it will <laughs> unfold, we'll see. But you yes. know, I don't know, what do, you, what do you look forward to or what do you... I think before I was in a really... Because things were happening so differently than I ever got planned. So I resented how they had happened, the finality of that meant and how much that changed. And now though, it just feels, I remember there's a beautiful sister in my home ward growing up in Laverkin who had a special needs child. And my mom, when I was probably five years in, five or six years into with Maggie, she shared me a beautiful experience with her where she talked, I think a really sad lesson and shared about what a blessing and she wouldn't change a thing. And I was like, I change a lot. And I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know what that says about me, but I'm like, I, and I could not understand how she felt that way. But now I just, I know exactly what she's saying. And that's what I love about Heavenly Father is my experiences are so individual to me, but I feel so hopeful. Maggie is this miracle. She's this incredible blessing. And I feel that about all of my children, but before where I resented what was to come and I felt heavy burden of the responsibility that will be a constant. I just, the entire narrative has changed. So I feel like anything is possible because especially now where I trust that there's a reason for it, there's a purpose in it. I have no idea what is planned for her, but it's gonna be so much fun. And I'm looking forward to it and I'm here for it. And the work doesn't feel, it's still heavy, but it doesn't feel like that in the same way because I feel such heavenly help. And I'm so grateful that Maggie was so patient while I figured it, that out. She was, she's just so gracious and she's so kind and so forgiving because I took me a minute to reach, I think, a, an okay spot. With that. I've just felt really blessed to have you and your family in our ward and, and had a chance to get to know all of you a little bit better. And I mentioned this in a talk that I gave not that long ago, but it was a special moment for me when Maggie shared her talk, you know, kind of in the midst of COVID, being able to use the letter board and yeah. things like that. And, you know, even more so that I ended up posting that video somewhere and then it sort of went viral. I don't know. It's like not by like internet standards, but, you know, but <laughs> yes. it got like... 10,000 likes and you know, know all of these comments where it just really touched all these other people's lives so but they're still using it she's in an online seminary class she's doing dual and like they use it as her intro video and it's still like helping her get to know people and people getting to know her testimony and it's a great way for her to keep sharing her faith journey so it's still helping her yeah. a lot so i'm really glad you had that idea no well this is the whole thing i think sometimes when we look in the rearview mirror right we can kind of see how Heavenly Father has kind of orchestrated things in a certain way or, you know, that kind of stuff. And we only fully appreciate it when we get a get, little, get a little, little distance, right? Yeah. And then we can kind of see how the dots have maybe connected in a, in a certain way that when you're in the middle of it all, you know, yeah. it just 
it just feels very messy. Yes. And, <laughs> you know. Fair. Well, thank you for being a part of this and sharing the story. You know, for people who don't know the Jacksons, definitely come say hi to them. And they have their usual spot in sacrament meeting. It's like, yeah, it's, you have a pretty predictable place to find them at, at church in sacrament meeting. And for sure, come say hi to them because they're just great people. So thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate being mm, a part of this. It was so fun talking to you. Thank you for putting the podcast so you can get to know the word.